Welcome to the most electrifying show where we discuss all topics related to high voltage. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Blake, how are you? Everyone, how's it going? Oh, another week, man. I'm just trying to figure out who you're talking to. Everybody. Everyone. Everyone. I'm going to hit you with what you hit me. All right, go. In an earlier episode. All right, go. How do you expect them to respond, Jeremy? I don't. Oh, okay. That's one of the good things about this. They had to email us or something. Right. They got to go out of their yeah. way to roast us. or That's right. Right. That's make right. fun of us. So what's shaking, man? Nothing much. What's the latest? Another day, another dollar, SSDD. SSDD. You're going to explain that one. Uh, off air. Oh, okay. Did you just say a derogatory term? Not derogatory. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk this show. Let's see. We got Christina. We got Christina we coming do. on the show. Looking forward to what she has to say. Again, we had a request for women in the industry. By the time this airs, we already had Krista on. Right, right. Don't get it confused. No, I know, because you got Krista and Christina. Right, so right. We got Christina today. Looking forward to what she has to say. I know, I know she's done a lot of traveling. See how this goes. I think we got a few more women that have volunteered to come on. Right. So look forward to getting them on as well. Oh, yeah. We'll jump right into it, man. Yeah, we got Christina on the line. She's an apprentice lineman out of a Local 70 out of Washington, D.C. Mm. Yeah. So, Christina, welcome to the show. Well, hey, y'all. How are you? Oh, good. Yourself? Doing all right. Doing all right. I'm currently sitting in New York enjoying the sunshine for a few more minutes before it gets too cold to be outside. They got any snow on the ground yet? Not up here yet. Thank the Lord. No? Really? <laughs> no. Well, we had Krista on. She's from Buffalo, and she showed us a picture. They had... Well, it looked like three to four inches or so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that buffalo, you know, they get hammered. You know, they, can, they can keep that by the Gray Lakes. They can keep it all over there. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Christina, a female, you're a lineman out of local 70, out of D.C., but where do you primarily work? I, I know you said your local's out of D.C., but where all do you work? Uh, well, our district covers Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, and D.C., so nice. I've pretty much worked in all those states and uh several others before i actually got into local 70 okay mm-hmm. i got you Blake just did some work in virginia i did we just did. came from west virginia that's true we did go through oh. west virginia yeah. over yeah. in my neck of the woods didn't even stop by for coffee i see no. how it is <laughs> uh-uh, we before now what's your experience what what do you got i know can i just interject real quick go ahead Blake. what do you got I got to say, I feel like I'm talking to two Jeremys over here. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I, it's just the accents, man. It's the accents. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I just got I feel like there's two Jeremys. This is the female version of Jeremy. Well, the good here. news is the settings. <laughs> I would my, love it. The good news but, is the settings on my mic. I don't think that my accent comes all the way through on the podcast. It doesn't. It's so much worse. Or I won't <laughs> say worse, but it's so more prevalent. It, it's in worse person. in real life? Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> tell. Like, this guy carries tobacco on him. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You're profiling. No, no, no. You can just tell, though. Are you saying Christina carries tobacco on her? I didn't say that. Okay. I'm saying you. Well, you wouldn't be wrong, sir. You nailed it, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it. Question is what kind? Yeah. Uh, Just cigarettes. Oh, I'm the cigarette smoker. Okay. I, I can't do that shoot. No, I'm good. All right. So, well, you sorry. Know, the accent, I always love when people ask me where I'm from because I was actually born and raised in a little town called Pasadena, Maryland, right outside of Baltimore. And then I moved south for over 20 years. I lived in North Carolina and then Alabama. I moved to Alabama after my house burnt down and mm. I lost everything I had. And then I moved from there to Pennsylvania. And that's where I live currently. 
Mm, good old Pennsylvania. People get a little confused when they ask me where I'm from, and I tell them Maryland because I, I don't sound like this anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> right. How long have you been in the industry, Christina? Well, I got into line work a total of five years ago. I started as a communications lineman at the advice of some guys out of 126 that encouraged me to get into the trade. And I met them because when I moved to Pennsylvania, I only knew one person. So I used a flagging company as a network. Okay. And I, I, I had no idea I was going to be working with nothing but linemen for the most part. And once they got a hold of me and found out my background before they met me, they were like, why are you a flagger? So they encouraged me to get in the trade and a couple of them have cussed me out for not getting my license fast enough to get in. So I went into communications in the meantime. I did that for two and a half years. And then I came over to Local 70. They welcomed me in with open arms. They're fantastic men at that local. And uh, here I am today. I've been an apprentice lineman for two years now, almost two years. And I've I've had a wild ride. I enjoy what I do very much so. Nice. How long were you in the telecommunication realm? I started as a groundman. Six months later, I was a lineman, and I did that for two years. Two years. Wow. Good deal. Hmm. Were you doing fiber splicing, or, or what all was involved in that job? I did fiber and coax. I didn't do any of the splicing. I just was the installer. So okay. I, I pulled the strand in, I pulled in all the fiber, and then I lashed it all back. Most I ever did in a day was 7,000 feet, and it was a lot of work yeah. with some of the bigger stuff out there. But I had some good ground hands that I actually trained and made them linemen, and they're linemen now. So now there's still communications. I'm still pushing them to come into power, but, you know, they're low and slow. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. As far as coming into Local 70, they got you in there. You're enjoying the line work. You doing mainly distribution? You doing transmission? I actually, since I got into the local, been doing a lot of substation work. I've done like three different substations. I've set the equipment. They're called GIS or gas insulated switch. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff alignment don't even think is actually our job, but it it sadly is. (laughs) But to me, it's a little different because I don't don't like being in the same place. I enjoy being alignment and having the view from the top of the pole. That's the best part about it. When you're in a substation, you go to the same place every day. Right. Look at the same thing, mm. you know. Other than that, I did learn a lot from the guys I worked with. It was a lot of electricians I worked with out of Baltimore and D.C. They were some really good guys. They taught me a lot. I owe them a lot. I really do. But then uh, I went over to distribution and uh, fell in love with my linemen over there. And once I got a hold of those 70 boys and they got a hold of me, it, it just kind of opened up from there. And uh, I worked in Virginia with Danella. Then I went to Aldridge after that and did another substation. And then... uh I kind of just kept doing what they told me to do, and that's about it. Like, I've got more substation experience than I have line work, unfortunately, because that's a lot of the work in that area. Because Pepco and all the power companies around there, they're putting all their stuff into the GIS. So there's probably 20 different projects going on in the tri-state area there. I got you. Um, When you say Aldridge, you mean the the company, Aldridge? Yes. Oh, yeah. I've worked with some of those guys. That's a good – I mean, I never worked for them, but I tell you, all the guys I worked with – that were under Aldridge. I, I really liked that company. They were, hmm. they were all good guys, man. They were. They them. were. Yep. I, I think the crews I was working with was out of like Wisconsin and um, Minnesota. Hmm. 
They were, they were yeah. from that area. They were, Actually, they were all, it might be some of the same guys. You yeah. never know. <laughs> yeah, they were all from that area, and they were they were all good guys, man. Mm. I like how they work. I don't think I've worked or been through Wisconsin. or Have we been through? We didn't go through no. Wisconsin. No, you haven't. You haven't. I ain't going to have to check that one off the box pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not in February. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No, I'll be in upstate New York in February. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel bad for you. That's, yeah. that's where, where I was in Syracuse couple yeah. years back and mm, it's cold up that time of year it is yep and i got no snow gear so ah, you'll figure it out mm. i'm sure i will oh baby you might want to come over to house bar or something oh <laughs> i'd appreciate it yeah there you go all right it sounds like you really enjoy the line work more than the substation work is that what i'm picking up oh most definitely yeah so it's what... a lot more fun the okay. crews are a lot more energetic and they're they're full of a lot more information in my personal opinion for what i'm learning doing all my book work you know when i come to like oh i don't understand this like transformers and three pot banks and things like that you can't ask an electrician those questions because they well they just don't know um but when i when i got to the line cruise that you ask one question and they answer it five different ways right just Mm. to make sure you understand it and then you never have to ask that question again because you can think about them five ways they told you and you'll you'll figure it out real fast i got you Mm. well good how many states did you say you worked in I know you, you named off a bunch of companies, but like where all have the job sites been? In just power, I've done Maryland, Virginia, Southern Virginia, and Baltimore. And I haven't hit West Virginia quite yet. I come close to it, but I didn't actually work in West Virginia. Yeah. So you, you're not actually working in Pennsylvania, even though that's where you're living now? No, Pennsylvania is actually 126 territory. Okay. And those are the guys that helped me get into the trade. And they keep in very close touch with me on a regular basis. I love them, man. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you interested in small businesses? My name is David C. Barnett, and I've been podcasting and producing YouTube videos about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses for almost 10 years. I'm a former business broker and have owned and operated several businesses, and I've been advising business owners since the 1990s. Each week, I create a new podcast which answers one of your questions, and I've always got amazing, exciting guests. You can find me on YouTube by going to smallbusinessanddealmakingpodcast.com or just search David Barnett's Small Business in any podcasting app to find me. I look forward to seeing you around. Good. Good deal. Sounds like some gang stuff. <laughs> gang? 126 <laughs> territory. Oh, I see what you're saying. We don't, we don't go across <laughs> that way. Right. Yeah, I'll call them out. They're some good men. I hadn't met a bad one yet. Yeah. There you, you go. go. You got your local territory, man. Mm-hmm. Blake, what do you got? Kind of off the wall question. What's the best state you've worked in? Best state? Yeah. As far as like climate uh, or maybe maybe just as far as the job goes. I would say the best job I had was actually down in Warsaw, Virginia. Every morning I got to drive across the bridge and see the sunrise over the water, go get with the boys. It was cold, but it didn't bother me at all because, you know, I dress right. Mm. But, uh. The, the guys made the, make the job for me. Like, the job's hard no matter what you're doing. You're, you're either running a shovel, you're climbing a pole, you're setting poles, moving lines. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's not an easy job. Not everybody can do it. But the guys you work with, that's the, the people that make your job. They become your family. Oh, yeah. I spent more time in the last three and a half years on the road with my lineman than I have at my own house. Right. I've probably been home maybe maybe a total of four months in over three and a half years. And uh, if it wasn't for these guys keeping me laughing and being stupid out here on the side of the road, I don't. I wouldn't like the job. I'd be miserable if I had to 
be all super proper out here because I'm not that proper girl for anybody that happens to know me. They know how bad I can be. But I enjoy it because while we're working hard, we're still laughing. Right. And you they get that still atmosphere. teach me every single day I learn something from them. So th- those particular men, they uh, they were a great crew. They actually called the hall and requested me to put on their crew because they had never worked with a woman. And then I got down there and my orientation, I had them laughing from day one and they knew I was going to be cool because I told them, you know, guys, I just want to make myself clear. I don't know who HR is unless they fit my paycheck. And well, that was all I needed to say. Honestly, same. <laughs> I, well, right. of your uh, line work, what's like the most, uh, I guess, challenging part of doing like, because I, I don't do line work. I'm purely substation guy. Oh, I'm so sorry. As I'm <laughs> over here talking crap about your No, no, no. Go ahead. Everyone's got their own life experience. <laughs> what's my, what's the hardest part? Yeah, of, yeah. What's the most difficult in your opinion, I guess? I would say backyard poles. Mm, back because, uh, yeah, you, you got to get your equipment back there, your pole back there. You're, you're doing your best you can not to mess up people's yards. Mm. And then, uh, like most recently, I was out in Detroit over the summer and we literally had an audience all the way around us. All the homeowners came out and put their chairs outside and <laughs> sitting in their little lawn chairs watching everything we were doing. The, the guys had to climb the pole. And of course, you got your hand line raising stuff up to them, cutting trees off, pulling the lines out of the trees in the backyard. But you're climbing fences and everything else. Mm. So I'd say that's probably the worst part. I've yet to have to work in a swamp, though. So I'm, I'll probably correct myself soon enough <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> so I know we were kind of talking off the air the other day about a an incident you had yes uh i've actually seen a, a few incidents even though i've only been in the trade a, a couple of years before i got in the trade i was actually working with the transmission crew and uh they were welding on the tower and somehow even though they had their fire blankets in the bucket the way they were supposed to a piece of that slag jumped down and it, it landed on their hydraulic hose Mm. It set the hydraulic fluid on fire. It melted the bucket Jeez. and it blew the truck up on the ground. Yeah. Those uh, both linemen live or linemen and welder as it was. They uh, they both live. The fire department had to come get them down because we didn't have another truck on site to get them down. That happened. That was eye opener before I got into the trade, just how fast it can change. And I still came in to work with you boys. Yeah. Myself, I actually had an incident. My birthday's in September and it just so happened to be on my birthday. I was working in a substation down in D.C., and uh, the guy that was running the job was, in my opinion, not trained enough for a hot power line job, and he didn't do the necessary steps. So at the end of the day, what I was doing was taking the earth ground off for the engineers to test the equipment, and they had flown in from other countries and everything else. Well, we had done one side of the room, A phase, B phase, C phase, everything was fine. We came back from lunch, and they were ready for the other side of the room to be taken apart, and it was a 2.30 line we were working on. One guy went to the first side of the room and started putting everything back together, and I started taking everything apart on the, the far side. Well, A phase went just fine because he had already put A phase back together. When I got to B phase and I pulled that copper block out and broke that earth ground, I got hit with about 2,500 volts. Mm. problem with it was the equipment was never tested. There was no grounds hung outside the GIS building because the foreman had no clue how to hang those grounds. He had never hung grounds before in his life. They didn't give me the necessary PPE, even though I asked for rubber gloves. He told me I didn't need them, that it was de-energized. And as an apprentice, I was always told, you do what you're told. And that particular foreman was a stickler on, you do what you're told. So I did what I was told, and nobody was standing beside me when it happened, but I was on a ladder. 
and I fortunately was only using one hand when I grabbed that block and it hit my left hand. It went down through my heart and I guess technically came out my left foot. So now to this day, uh, my heart's still a little messed up. It started skipping beats and beating all crazy. My toes on my left foot are numb, but I did not have any burn marks. They did all the blood work necessary to be sure everything internally was fine. But also as a result of that blood work, they found out something that my primary care never would have found out for many, many years. Um, a week later, I was told I have CLL or chronic lymphatic leukemia. And wow. uh, I have 10, 10 years left to live. So it's wow. almost like oh, a saving man. grace uh, that I found out. But I mean, I guess if you had, a, had to look at a bright side of the situation, that would probably be the only thing that came good because now I, I live for today every right. single day. Wow. So there's no cure for that CLL? No, um, they can do treatment in time. This type of cancer, they, uh, they don't do treatment until you have symptoms. By that point, it's going to be in my organs. I'm not going to do treatment. I'm going to go out fat and happy with a cheeseburger in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I like the attitude. Wow. That took a turn. I didn't foresee. I wasn't thinking that. Holy cow, Blake. I'm, My bad, boys. No, no. At least you got a positive attitude about it. Yeah, absolutely. And say that's attitude's what nine tenths of the equation, right? Yeah, I guess that's right. And my, my superintendent, when I got off the phone with my doctor, I called him and told him what they had told me. And he, he was a disaster just like me. He was like, wow, that's a big hit. And we sat there and we talked and I cried like a little girl. It was a hard hit. And it took a long time to be actually be able to tell this story with, uh, without coming out to tears to the fact that the foreman after the incident, he never reported the incident to the company I was working for. Oh, So I took myself back to my little Airbnb and I called my hall and they, uh, they said, well, take your blood pressure. And I did. And it was really, really high. So I left and went to an urgent care and they almost wanted to call an ambulance on the spot. By the time I got to the hospital, your blood pressure is supposed to be 120 over 80. Right. My blood pressure was like 187 over 124, Goodness. 147. Like it was fluctuating so much. I was on the verge of having a stroke. Wow. Um, so the the superintendent or project manager, he called me when I left the hospital on that Sunday. I only stayed in the hospital for one day, I think. And then I, I was back to work the very next day, actually. Like, that's, that's the kind of person I am. I didn't even take any time off. And, uh, of course, it was all under investigation. So we kind of just sat there and were part of the investigation. And that, at the moment on Monday, that is when they filled it out. It happened on a Friday. They filled out the incident report on a Monday. They made a lot of changes through the company and made it to where every day when you leave work, you actually have to sign their tablet stating that you did not get hurt while you're at work. And that is directly because of me. Wow. Mm. Um, it is what it is. I didn't do anything wrong. He knew it happened. Right. The company, the, the power company we were working for, they reported it. He came over and told me to my face that he had to report it. And I said, of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah. And I was wondering why my foreman didn't have me filling out anything. He basically didn't want me to talk to the uh, power company company guys. He told me to basically shut my mouth because I was talking over his head because I understand more about power line than he did. At that moment, I pretty much did just shut my mouth, walked outside, took my tool bag with me and got in my car, waited for him to tell me I could go home. And that was the end of my day. He never reported anything. He never called the project manager and told him what happened. Nothing. So that poor man got blindsided when he got a phone call from the power company. Oh, well. Uh-huh. And I felt <laughs> real bad for him. Mm, man. So you, you had an electrical contact with 2,500 volts. Yes, sir. Man. And what what was the 2,500? I know you said something wasn't grounded properly, but 
Was that from a test set that was inducing that voltage, or where, where did the actual voltage come from? This particular incident, it was uh, induction because okay. the transformer, it, it had been de-energized, and it had been grounded right. at the transformer. But that transformer was almost a mile away. So by the time it traveled from mm-hmm. there next to the other 230 line all the way to that GIS, yeah, it had energized, right. and we, we didn't know until I took that piece apart. And I actually, when I yelled, oh, that was hot. Everybody come running and was like, what? What do you mean? And they didn't believe me. I actually had to go out to my own car and get my my own voltage meter that I carry and test the equipment right in front of them. And I have a video of it and everything. That's when the power company jumped in and he went and got his meters. And he tested it inside with the inside indoor meter. And it was over a thousand. So they got another meter for the lines outside and it was under 10,000. I'm not sure. The third person showed up and and determined that it was about 2,500, but could have also bled off. So we were just getting like a rough number at that point. They started throwing switches and trying to get the the line to discharge completely. And then they finally were able to. And then I went right back to work. As soon as the incident happened, I put all of this stuff back together and they re-energized the line and then we came back two weeks later and re did all the testing and everything that we needed to do or completed the testing and it was at that point that they actually hung the ground wires outside the gis the proper way it should have been done Jeez, you know like so we talk about you know like she said induction Mm -hmm. you know if we have like underbuild or a double circuit line but that's that sounds like what got her you know so, Almost that, definitely. so that circuit was, you said, parallel to a 230 line that was energized. So that's where it was yes. getting all that induction on. Jeez. Mm, dang it. So, And the, the foreman, after the incident, we like, you know, discussed it amongst ourselves. He didn't even know what induction was or that it was a risk. Right. So it certainly was not on our GIA or our um, JSA or anything like that because he wasn't even aware of it. Now, I was. That's why I asked if the equipment was grounded, if it was tested, if I could use rubber gloves. He told me all that was unnecessary because it was grounded at the transformer because he didn't understand how the power lines truly work. I know the terrifying. Well, I know the point of the show isn't to sit here and do a uh, root cause analysis investigation, but this this makes me want to ask a lot of questions, and maybe you don't even know the answer. Did this foreman come from the field, or was this an office guy that had been promoted, or like how? He he was an inside electrician. He's a wireman. Okay. Um, Mm. Okay. And he was promoted to foreman for a what i call a cold substation that was being built Mm -hmm. it was no energy was running in it right and that's when he was promoted and this particular job to my knowledge was his first hotline job right so he just was never taught yeah that's interesting to hear a foreman in this industry say that they've never heard of induced voltage scary (laughs) yeah no kidding well, as a as an electrician, they don't really get induced voltage very often, so it's not something that was at the forefront of his mind. Yeah, if they right. even ever learned it, I'm not certain that in indoor wiremen ever actually learned that. Yeah, I can't say if they would. Man, you know, it was two scary. Two things come to mind there. One, well, obviously the one. Glad you're okay. Number two, though, this is what's scary when people get promoted and they don't actually have the qualifications necessary. Right. Kind of gets you thinking to, the to run a job doing safe. the promoting. Yeah. And we talk about like when you take a foreman job, the amount of responsibility on your shoulders is tremendous. Mm. It is. But there's a caveat there that is if you actually do it right. <laughs> right. Like if you right. just don't care about nothing, then I guess it's pretty stinking easy mm-hmm. till someone gets hurt. Man, that's crazy. 
Mm. It, it was a wild ride to say for sure. And, and to describe how it felt, right. the best description I could give you was like, if you stuck your hand in a bee's nest and you felt all of the wings flutter right. on your arm, all the vibration, and and... just like, just like the, the image on a piece of paper printed out of what energy looks like. That's oh, yeah. exactly how it felt like the waves. Right. Yeah. Okay. Something like the sine wave right, right, right. diagram. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. It, it was wild. Yeah. So to make your I hair stand up, experience it again. Make your hair stand I, up. It made my heart race. I suddenly felt like I was having a panic attack, and I don't get panic attacks. Right. So I was like, "Wow, I'm certainly awake now." <laughs> mm. Man. But I never lost consciousness or anything like that. I was I was walking around talking to everybody the whole time, and I actually drove home from the job that day. Man. Well, yeah, because she said, uh, yeah, yeah, she, she said she called him when she got home, and then went to the urgent care. So. Right, man, Christina's a tank. Boy. I was gonna say, I know guys who would she she would just playing. killed over right then and there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said, "Give you me know? a Marlboro, look, get out of my way." Right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, camels, they're camels. Oh, camels! <laughs> She's going. Camel. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, man, <laughs> daggum. Well, and I guess and that, that the, foreman was I've just seen trying a to few hide. other instances. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think just, he was. He was just trying to hide the incident under his watch, you know? Yeah. Well, the project manager made sure I knew that it was not hidden. Right. He and I had several long conversations. He was a very good man to work for. I would work for that project manager any day because I did watch and I listen even when people don't think I'm paying attention. Right. I watched him tell that foreman exactly what to do. It was his choice not to do what he was supposed to. And I actually brought the ground wires from the substation I was working on to that job. So they were on the site. I know it for a fact. I brought them and gave them to him. They were sitting in the back of the truck. He just chose not to hang them mm -hmm. because he didn't know that he needed to. Even though the project manager told him to, he still did not do it. Right. Dang. So still go back to work for that company. But if I ever saw that particular foreman, I would nope. <laughs> proceed with caution. Bye bye. Well, ideally, I'd like to think <laughs> that he's no longer promoted to a foreman role. Yeah. Unfortunately, he is in a foreman role still. Wow. Mm. Mm. That didn't raise any major red flags. Right. Like <laughs> He knows somebody. I'm oh, just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's, that's got to be it. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you said you've seen some other incidents? Um, I, I have. Most recent accident didn't have to do with energy. It uh, had to do with just a simple chain hoist. Yeah. Guy was putting a, putting a guy wire on and it needed to be really tight. And he put it on and that chain hoist came off. And when it came off, it came across his face and he mm. got 147 stitches. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I also watched a man that was working up in Pennsylvania. We were on storm and a, a humongous tree had fallen down on the line, but the line did not snap. And they did not tie the tree down to anything. And he went to cutting it. And when he cut it a little bit more, it actually cracked. It picked up, it spun, and it drove straight into his face, knocked him out cold, right onto his chainsaw. Uh, fortunately, he did let go of the, the trigger. It cut his face a little bit, but it broke his neck. And do you know that man went to the hospital and came back to the job site to tell me he was okay at the end of the day? Mm, mm. <laughs> I looked at him like he was stupid. Right. But then after my own incident, I was back at work 24 hours later, so I can't say any different. That's just what we do. I got you. That is crazy. I got to go back to the one guy who got hit in the face. What What did he get hit in the face with? So she said he had a, like a coffin hoist, a chain hoist, right? Chain hoist. And what so is, he was pulling that? tension on a, guy, on a down guy, correct? Is that what she said? 
that's correct. Yep. So you know the down guy. So like if the pole has had a bad angle, so you'll back that pole up with let's say. And Christina, you're talking uh, distribution or transmission here? Distribution. It was distribution. So you're talking probably two down guys, maybe three, depending on the angle. Okay. That's right. But yeah, so you'll have like the do. You, were y'all using like five sixteenths galvanized for your? We were. Yep. Yes. So you'll have like five sixteenths galvanized. Let's say wire, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Cable. It's not conductors, just a cable coming down at an angle to the anchors that screw into the ground, and that's right. how you you tension those, you catch them off, right. right? And then that's how it keeps the pole from getting pulled over okay. from the angle of the conductor. And Normally, do they have the yellow like fiberglass high vis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, You know, the ones as a kid, you always took them and slid them all the way up the pole right, and right. fall down, right? But yeah, they put those on there. And that, oh, man. So that under tension, while he's tensioning down that guy wire before he catches it off, she said it's, did, what it happened? Like, were y'all using, do y'all use like a Kellum grip? How, how do you grip on that? That particular crew didn't have anything, so that he had just wrapped the hoist around the actual anchor. Oh, okay. And hooked it to itself. And once it got enough tension... It just, it just popped right off. Mm. That's it all it slipped. took. Yeah. So think of the tension. And remember when we talk, especially like, because all even conductor aluminum or copper has a memory, right? You mm-hmm. know, it comes off the round spool. If you never worked with that, like steel guy wire, that crap there, if it comes unloose on its own, just trying the memory in the wire to curl up at right. high speed, uh-huh. that stuff will rip you open. I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah, hit in the it, face was, it was pretty the... bad. Mm. It, was, it was pretty bad. He'll have that scar for life. Oh, I I'm sure he'll end up getting some, you know, plastic surgery and things like that to fix it. But yeah, he, he's all right, though. He was he was trooper about it. You know, we just ripped our shirt off and slapped it on his face. And it was like, um, I think I might need to go to the doctor. I said, maybe. Yeah, you think? Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should grab the electrical tape. I don't know. You'll be <laughs> all right. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Put three wraps on that. Okay. Put three That's wraps right. on it. You'll be good. <laughs> Problem duct tape couldn't solve. Here, here's a camel. Worst part, he did, he did ask for a cigarette right after that. Oh, <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bless his heart. Cheated death, man. Yeah. Ooh, very a little lucky bit. it didn't, didn't catch his eye or anything yeah he got real real lucky mm. well since we talked yeah. about that it's way off topic but i am curious when y'all sink down guys do y'all do a pull test what do you do on those anchors do you just do it till you get like on the extension bar a twist or do you do an actual pull test what do y'all do on those uh so far i've just seen us drive them into the ground and put them you know our, our eight 12 inches out of the ground is how far they stick up and then we just start attaching I got you. Mm. We don't. I've yet to see one tested. I'm sure if I was on transmission, where it had to be even tighter. Right, and see, that's all, that all my point, experience. Yes. All my experiences on the transmission world. That's why I was genuinely curious. I don't know what distribution if they have a standard and what it is that they do. I'm looking so very forward to transmission. I can't wait to get on a helicopter, baby. Let's go. You transferring to transmission? Oh, that'll be cool. I'm going to be multitask. I'm going to do everything. Yeah. With Local 70, when I first got my ticket and got accepted to the apprenticeship, I came downstairs after the interview and the ladies in the office told me I'm the first woman to go through their apprenticeship in almost 25 years. Really? Mm. Yeah. We have a few other women that work for our local, Mm -hmm. but I'm first lineman in 25 years. Wow. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Thank you. Thank so, you. Now I just got to set the precedence for everybody else. There you go. Right, right. Being a woman in this industry, do you think you faced any unique challenges or do you think you're just another person on the crew? I, to myself, I am just another person on the crew. Right. Um, I carry myself like one of the guys. I am one of the guys. I talk like one of the guys. I bull with them. And that's why they call me the HR nightmare. Uh, <laughs> HR nightmare. <laughs> that's on your hard hat, right? You got that on your hard yeah. hat? That is one of them. There's, yeah. there's a few nicknames out here that the, the <laughs> men have affectionately given me, and <laughs> right. I just laugh every time. I love it. I love it. I'd say the only challenge I have is God bless these men just trying to be gentlemen, mm-hmm. which they were raised to be. Every single one of them is a gentleman. But then as I go to carry something, they'll come over and take it out of my hands and tell me, oh, sweetheart, I got that. If you don't get that out of my face, I swear, like, if I couldn't pick it up, I wouldn't pick it up. I would tell you to come help me. Right. If right. I can't pick it up, I know there's a million dollar piece of equipment sitting right beside me. I could always use that. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's probably my only real challenge in the trade is, and that's usually only for the first couple of weeks that I'm on a job. And then the guys really realize that I can carry my own weight. Right. right. Um, they don't, they don't have to assist me with a lot. And I just go to work every day. I do what I do what I need to do. So really, once you teach me once, I've got it. Right. So really, just try to summarize. If you do have a challenge, it's the fact that they try to treat you a little too nice. Yeah. Good. And once I open my mouth and really get to talking to them, they realize that they don't have to be nice no more. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got you. One of the crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? That's really how it should be. Yeah. But I also agree with her. You know, let's say the Ray, my daddy raised me. Mm-hmm. Right. I wouldn't want to watch a woman struggle. Right. Or pick some stuff up that I know I could do. Right. right? Especially if you're not and that like, isn't, helping or doing anything at the moment. Right, like yeah. you at least lend a hand yeah. and both carry it. Right. I agree. And that isn't oh, yeah. picking on her and like, oh, I think you're inferior. Right. Right. That's just me based on how I was raised. Right. right? right. There I would be that. no ill intent intended in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And oh, and I, and I don't take offense to it. I just laugh at it and I tell them, okay, baby, if you don't want me to pick that up, I'll stand right here and watch you flex. That's go right. right you go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe it's them trying to show off, you know? Yeah, it might be a little bit That's to right. it. <laughs> might be a little bit to That's it. That's like my, when I, when I went to work for Danella, I had a orientation and there was two linemen, the safety guy and my GF in the room. And we took a little break from all the paperwork and I'm standing there talking to my lineman that I ended up working with. And he tells me he had worked with another lady that took offense to cuss words and he couldn't even say in front of her. And I laughed. And because of the person that I am, you're about to find out here, sweet man. uh, I told him, well, you couldn't say to her, honey, I'm going to talk about when you're going to talk about because I need some. The safety guy walked across the room, dropped his paperwork, turned around and looked at me and said, well, I guess we don't have to worry about harassment. I said, no, I'm going to be great at it. (laughs) Hence the HR nightmare. I was about to say, you earned the HR nightmare. Is that when you earned the title? (laughs) I believe that's part of it, yeah. (laughs) That means there's more. Oh, there is more. Oh, there's plenty of other other stories I could tell. (laughs) Oh, I I usually keep them laughing out there. I do. I I make sure that, that my boys understand that I'm not there to make the industry fit around me. Right, right. I want to fit into the industry. And the reason that I believe in that is that as a woman, I can walk up and I can feel the tension. They're real quiet. They're not joking around. And mm-hmm. I've worked with other line crews like for five years. So I know how everybody interacts. When they're real quiet like that, I got to break the ice. Right. And that 
something like that breaks the ice real fast. Oh, I would sure. imagine. Yeah, I, I would say that. <laughs> yeah, I would say that cuts it. She sounds like a good company though. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked to her, and I could see where Christina would just like one of the boys. Yep, break the ice right. and say, "Let's get this party started." Mm -hmm. You know, that's right. That's right. That that awkward shit's got to go out the door. Right. And mm -hmm. the reason I believe in that, that my real reason behind it isn't just to be funny. To be honest, the reason I am the HR nightmare out here is if you're up in that bucket and you're working on an energized line, the last thing I want you to do is be worried about offending me yep. mm -hmm. and not be yourself and slap the pole and cuss at it or whatever you normally would do. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment that you hesitate and you step back to be like, ah, she's going to hear me if I say this, that, the other, and I don't want to get fired. And you step back just right, you might contact that primary line and I'll be damned if I'm going to watch one of my brothers die. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I agree. As you were describing that, I was thinking, you know, if they're reserved and calling you out, right, that could definitely lead to some type of incident, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a so that's, that's why I interact with my men the way I do and all of them know I've been single and I don't date linemen so they don't even try <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> set the standards as soon as you get in there that's right jeez <laughs> Well, Blake, what you got, man? Do you have any other like interesting stories you could tell us? Most, like I said, most of my experience has been in the substation. I've learned how to bend conduit, wire lights, wire outlets, which I promise I never want to do again. Mm -hmm. Bless what? your little heart for doing it every day, boy. Bless your heart. It's just, uh, it's boring to me. Oh, okay. It's it's repetitious. It's it, even though line work is truly repetitious, you're you're generally doing the same thing every day. You treat every pole like it's a brand new pole, like you've never worked this exact position ever before and it could be like the poll you worked yesterday but we treat it like it's a completely new situation we talk about all the safety hazards everything from loose gravel on the ground to ice on the dirt like it doesn't matter we discuss it every single day we do our little stretching flexes you know make sure your back's all livered up yep mm -hmm. um, gotta gotta do that before you climb for sure i learned that the hard way first time i ever climbed was Penelac actually taught me how to climb. They showed me how to use their gear. They had one guy on a pole and one guy was at my feet. I was using his gear and uh, they showed me how to use the buck squeeze. And I climbed up about 20 feet, looked down at him and I said, oh, hey, what's up, boys? And they said, huh, guess we're calling you Climbing Chrissy. So, there you go. That's um, another good nickname. Yeah. I ran with it and I still use their pole yard to this day. Yeah. Um, I was just there last week. I climb and I practice and my uh, my apprenticeship's out of Albat. So I actually, I hurt my hip when I went to Albat the first time because I'm old is what it comes down to. I was fighting against a bunch of young guys. And I think there was like 63 of us when we first started. I watched 29 men walk off that field and quit the apprenticeship. And I actually hurt myself on Tuesday. And I didn't even let them see me limp until Friday when I just, I couldn't take it no more. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then I left on medical and the, the maneuver that hurt me, the instructors didn't, they didn't critique enough and actually tell me what I was doing wrong. Even though I asked, they just told me, well, you just got to figure it out. Well, since then I have come across my 126 boys that got me into the industry and have helped me along the way with a lot of stuff. And those boys actually came out to the pole yard and they've watched me on video as well. And we've communicated a lot pretty 
much on a weekly basis. And they've got me to the point where I can do those maneuvers. And if it wasn't for those men, I probably wouldn't be standing where I'm standing. Mm, mm. I got you. We're good. And that's what we talk about. You got to be your brother's keeper. Absolutely. In this case, your sister's keeper. Of course. Right? But we're all, we're all in this together and we're all learning together. Absolutely. Got to have each other's back out there. Yep. Hey, I'm telling you, like 80% of our knowledge is just passed down. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? There's not really, yeah, there's line schools, but there's not really schools that teach you what we do. Right. Everything right. is just passed down from, you know, generational, really. Mm -hmm. That's always cool to, to be handed down knowledge, whether it's, oh, again, it's just little pointers, right? Yeah. I look at that way like tools, like tools that mm -hmm. are handed down. Absolutely. They got history to it, you know. It's been done. It's used like this for a reason. Same as like the yeah. knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been and done like this. And they passed me down plenty of tools. I have plenty of tools that have been passed down to me. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yep. I like that too. You know, so-and-so used this tool. He retired. Mm -hmm. Here, use this. And then you hand it down to your apprentice. Right. You know? Not to keep. That's right. And for you to keep. I'm actually stopping in Philly on my way down to Delaware when I leave here to catch up with a man that's just about to retire. And he's going to hand me damn near all of his tools. Nice. Yeah. I get to have all the history that's in those. He's been a journeyman lineman for, I think he said, 35 years. Wow. Nice. That's cool. That well, is good. Cool, Keep though. the tradition going there, Christina. That's right. That's right. And now I'm raising two little boys that uh, I've already started teaching how to climb, and uh, they love it. They've been able to see what we do and see some of the equipment being used. And last Christmas, we were in the grocery store and some old man in the, the grocery line asked them what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I just stood there and looked at them and they looked at me and they looked at this old man and they said, I want to be a lineman like my mommy when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> and nice. my heart just smiled. I, could, I couldn't believe it. Well, good. How old are they? Eight and 11 right now. Eight and Eight 11. 11. Getting them started young. Lord, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, get them to where when they come into the to the program they're already going to be ready <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh, the problem is with, with with this cancer stuff that i told you about like i don't have too many years to be able to teach them all that so i've mm, got some mm. other brothers that are involved in their lives that if god forbid i leave this world too soon they will just grab their hand and bring them right on in that's well, awesome yeah so, Got to have a plan, that's, right? Right. That's why I love Local 70. They are they are one hell of a brotherhood system. I'm that's, not going to lie. The, the the men that I work with are fantastic. That's awesome. Hopefully, with you having, you know, what do you say, 11 years is what you've been told? You said 10. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, yeah. they don't know. I'm not going to do all the blood work. I don't want my death date. Thank you. Well, no, I don't blame you. But hopefully, <laughs> the way the medical and technology world changes, hopefully, maybe there'll be some stuff coming oh, yeah. up. yeah. Two years and alone. Right. Isn't it? I mean... Let's hope. Let's hope there's some advancements in the medical world, right? Well, we can pray. That's can right. Pray. We... I still don't want chemo because let's be real. Anybody that's ever been on chemo, brutal. Yep. Yeah, miserable. Yeah, I'd it's rather hard. just die happy with a cheeseburger in my mouth. To be real and honest, <laughs> right? I'm good. I'm 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 a healthy girl, and I like to stay that way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I am striking out, Blake. What do you got? I tried. I didn't kill him. Yeah. I would actually, I, I'll do this. I know you mentioned earlier you want to do transmission, do some helicopter work. So what are I your do. plans? Like, are you actively bidding transmission jobs yet? Or do you, do you have a plan with a, a helicopter contractor to get involved with them? How, um, how do you go about there that? There are a couple, there are a few that uh, are local 70 that I've met at union meetings because I attend as many as I humanly can to get to know more of the men out here. Right. They all say as soon as I top out. 
they'll be more than glad to bring me on or other ones say, you know, once I'm to a hot step because I'm, I froze my own apprenticeship because I don't think it's right myself. Like you were saying, you shouldn't be promoted without the experience. I don't want to continue moving up steps until I feel like I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not getting enough information working with the electricians that can't really help me learn what I need to learn, then uh, I'm going to stay where I'm at until I feel like I'm ready to move up because I don't want to be that person out there that uh, is in experienced and I get topped out and then I show up to the job and they're like, oh, this idiot's here. No, that's not me. Uh-uh. I'm 43 years old. I come with a lot of knowledge. I've owned my own fall protection company in North Carolina. Biggest building I ever did was 55 stories and mm. uh, it's called The View actually down in, in Charlotte and I was welding on the catwalk. Hmm. So I've done, I've put in the arms that hold the baskets to go over the side of the building and maintenance the glass, replace the glass, whatever, uh, all kinds of trolley systems and things like that. So um, that was, a, that was a great experience. It kind of almost prepped me, but my father was a welder. So he made me the little roughneck I am. You can blame him for it, but uh, my mom's the one that made me the pretty girl at the same time. So. All right. <laughs> I got as far you. as shout outs go, I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to go with, with a lot of my 126 guys and a few of my 70 guys, Mr. Norman Burns, Norman Burns. He taught me a lot. I loved working with that man. He made it, made every day fun and energetic. Um, I walked up to him very first day, didn't know he was my foreman. He was just sitting in a truck in the parking lot. And I told him, I don't know who HR is unless they find a paycheck, but if I got a problem, it's a strict look, don't touch policy or I will hit you. About five minutes later, he got out of the truck and said, so what I need you to do is and i said are you my foreman and he said sure enough <laughs> <laughs> uh so that was a great introduction to that man right uh, that broke also, the ice with him. Right, right. But uh, Jason Bulick is actually a guy out of 126 that helped me the most get into the trade as far as into the union. I owe him a lot. He helped me when I was in communications because I was learning from a guy that was a complete idiot. And I'd call him on video and be like, look, this is the pole transfer I'm doing. And he'd tell me what to do and how to do it. And he made himself a lineman. He just didn't know what he was doing. So I owe him a lot of credit, too. There's a few others like Terrence Gadsby out of 126 as well. And then, of course, all my Penelac guys, you got... um, I don't know if I'm allowed to drop their names, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You got Tyler Gould. You got Jeff Hoke, my boy, Zach. And then uh, a guy we call Crash. His name is John. John and Zach are the two that were in the pole yard that taught me how to climb. And they are really who created the monster that you got to meet today. Oh, (laughs) thanks a lot, Zach. Yeah, (laughs) shout out to Zach. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to talk to them on the side here. (laughs) Oh, yeah, please do call them and tell them I'm I'm throwing their name out, baby. They deserve all the credit. Bless those boys. Bless those boys. If I could work with them today, I would. I do get to see them. Like I said, I use their pole yard all the time. So they saw me just last week when I was climbing, but they stayed off at the distance and I saw them watching and I just kind of showed off for them a little bit. There you go. Five years ago, I could barely take a step on a pole and now look at me now. (laughs) I owe those boys a lot of credit. And if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I ever would have got into it because I was honestly with a a previous back injury from years ago. I didn't know if I could climb. Right. Mm. So they were like, no, baby girl, you're going to you're going to do it. Right. So they took me to the pole yard one day after work and the rest is history. I owe those boys everything and I still communicate with them. I was even texting Mr. Tyler just this morning or this afternoon on my way down here, just a few minutes before I spoke to you about this uh, broadcast. So I owe them. I love them. Well, and, and there's so many more names I could drop that Mr. Mr. Dustin Weiner down there in Missouri. Boy, you are one special boy. But for that phone call at five in the morning, you owe me, boy. I can't wait till you owe me 
that dinner. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here, I'm, I'm laughing. I so I'm, I am thinking like we owe Zach and John a phone call. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Did you say yeah. Dustin was in Missouri? No, he's uh, he was my foreman when I was running with Abby Abel out in Detroit. And oh, okay, uh, I okay. met him at three in the morning. I come walking into the lobby and one of the guys was walking by and I grabbed my key from the super and he looked at me and said, who are you? And I, <laughs> knowing that the lobby was full of linemen, I raised my voice a little bit and I introduced myself and Dustin was sitting there stuffing his face with some wings. And uh, he ended up being my foreman the next morning when we met up with the show up. Nice. And he taught me more in two weeks really? than I learned in two years in a substation. Man. Hey, it takes people like that, you know? Right. There's yeah. always people like that, man. Oh, Yes. And then uh, there was an operator that I actually met on that same storm. It turned out he was actually out of my local. His name is Kevin Giles, and he was a power company lineman. He was a troubleman, and then he went into operating, and he's done a couple other things as well. And he also, like, he explained how transformers work right in front of me to one of the people sitting in their lawn chairs. <laughs> and it was like, it all made sense. Just the way he made it, the, described it, it was like talking to a kindergartner almost. But I was like, wow, all that I read in those books that didn't make sense. Well, it makes sense now. So right. Kevin, Kevin's my role dog. I'd, I'd run with that man any day and every day. I'm I sure, sure would. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. As far as guys that can kiss my, really just one non-union guy that I really, I hope he comes into the union one day and I hope I cross paths with him. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Because then he'll be standing in the yard with all my brothers that already know me and I can't <laughs> wait to see him. Boy, oh, he got man. in my face with his fist clenched like he was going to do something. And I come up off the ground with my bell wrench like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Dang it. I got, I got fired for that one. I'm not going to lie. I got fired for that one. Uh, it happens. It happens. I, but... I didn't hit him, so I didn't go to jail. That's the only reason uh, I didn't hit him. Wow. <laughs> I think I'm too pretty for jail. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, so, Blake, man. if you learned anything, don't piss Christina off. Oh, absolutely. Don't shake your oh, fist in front of her face. <laughs> oh, it's the redhead. Oh, mm. boy. That explains it. Redhead. Oh, yeah. Quick to temper. It sure does. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say quick to temper. I have a lot of patience because I deal with men every day and they can be a little <laughs> sometimes and I just laugh at them and I see it every day. But there's certain things. That when you see and hear, you just know that like if we weren't on the job and I met you at a bar, I would never talk to you, and I would probably beat if you ever spoke to me. Like that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Gosh. And, and you see why I'm the actual HR nightmare. <laughs> yes, you yeah. are. It's starting you, to add up. You earned it, man. Wear it with pride. Oh yeah. Like, Holy. I God. have a few other nicknames that these men have given me too. Like, yeah. Oh, them them. 42 boys gave me a nickname too mm, and he, the the foreman and the gfs were standing there and they looked at me like please don't fire me and i just <laughs> i said no baby i don't know that number do you know that number because i don't know that number <laughs> <laughs> <To HR. laughs> yeah, that's right uh-huh 
Mm. All right. Well, I'm good, Blake. You still good? Yeah, I'm great. Well, Christina, we want to thank you for your time. Yeah. You Greatly appreciate on. you reaching out, contacting us. Hey, in the future, you want to come back on? If you got any updates, things change. If you, hey, you get that helicopter job you want? Oh, yeah. Hey, bro, if you want to bring, bring me on down to you, I got this call my hall. I'm like, oh, my girl. You tell them you want the redhead, and they're going to be like, shh. <laughs> they wouldn't say that. No, they know. They already know. <laughs> I got you. She's said they're aware yeah <laughs> so, all right before we go though, yeah what you I got have one more thing so my local actually took me last january down to the ewmc conference do y'all know what that is i do not i'm not EWMC. oh shame on both of you <laughs> so the ewmc it stands for electrical workers minority conference okay and here's one more funny story for you to so while we're there it's it's all about minorities in the trade every every color of the the rainbow and and the rainbow itself and being a woman of course my local took me down there with my president and my president was extremely proud of me well one morning i was about five minutes late to the conference <laughs> so i walk in and the first seat i see i sit down well, it happens to be at a table with a bunch of 66 linemen out of Texas. And I hope they hear them. So <laughs> I'm, I sit down at the table and the people at the podium, they're telling stories about, you know, some of the nightmare stories about how the minorities in this trade are treated. And I, I heard some of their stories and I understood. And I've seen some of that horror story and I don't agree with it. But at the end of the day, they told us to turn around to our table and tell the men that we were sitting with what kind of issue we had in the trade and I turn around and these 66 linemen are like oh god it's a woman <laughs> and I see it on their face and I introduce myself as an apprentice lineman out of local 70 and my president is sitting like 10 feet away and their faces change they're like you're a lineman and I said yes sir I'm still an apprentice but yes um, after I sat there and I told them that as far as I'm concerned, I don't have issues with the linemen in the trade. I think the linemen are exactly what they need to be. They got real comfortable with me. They actually offered me a job. They would love for me to come to Texas and hopefully someday I get to see those men that I sat at that table with, mm. uh, when we are working on the line. I had a great time at that conference and anybody that's never heard of the EWMC conference, they do a conference every year. I think this one this year is in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I hope I get to go again this year you learn a lot and you get to meet locals from all over the country so i actually met the president of local 1245 and he sent me a mother's day package oh nice oh, that's nice uh, and nobody else did so he uh he sent me all kinds of stickers and keychains and everything and he's waiting for me to top out so i can go out to cali so uh, i'll be coming for you jamie that's for sure. <laughs> watch out, Jamie. Yeah, watch out, Jamie. Keep oh, that, he already knows, too. <laughs> keep that HR number hidden. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more worried about the guys calling on me than I'm worried about right. <laughs> me calling. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, I, I think that's that's really all I really wanted to talk about, boys. So well, that's well, awesome. I, yeah. I greatly appreciate you reaching out. Of course, come on, share your story. Appreciate you taking time out of your day. Stay in contact, and we'll stay in contact with you. I got your address. We'll mail you your your cup and all your goodies. That sounds great, gentlemen. I'll be listening all the time. I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. All right, Blake. Well, that's Christina. That was Christina. Man, she seemed like a very <laughs> lively soul. I'm telling you, I bet. <laughs> She keeps you on your toes on the job oh, site. Oh, yeah. My goodness. She's a ball of fire. And she was a redhead. All right. Yeah, I'm um, good. Yep. Look Jeremy. forward to another week. I'm trying to think if we got any shout outs right now.
now. I think I hit I think them all on the last one. All, yeah. Appreciate everybody's time. Hey, everyone. Thank you all for listening. If you guys want to check us out, where can they check us out, Jeremy? Oh, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and email us at workingwithlightning at gmail.com. Man, that sounds great. It is. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Appreciate your time. Yep. Take it easy, everyone. See you.